Hi everyone, and welcome back to the fourth episode here on Podcast Do. I know I've been coming back so late, <laughs> like it's taking me around three weeks, you know, two to three weeks to actually upload a new episode here on my podcast. I am so sorry, but、um, please know that I'm the type of person that if I start something,、um, I want to, you know, do it. Till the end, <laughs> and you know, like I just want to make sure that when I start something, I will really start instead of just like letting it go away so easily. And podcast is something that I, you know, really want to keep up with,、um, even if it takes like three, four weeks for me to upload another episode.、Um, but you know, what are you guys like? What kind of type are you guys in terms of you know starting something? Do you usually start something,、mm, but it takes you so long to actually,、um, you know, keep that going, or you actually make that happen and long last till the very end, or do you not even start, or like you know, it takes so long for you to start something. You know, there are different types of people.、Um, for me, I'm the type of person who usually takes. I'm so sorry for the noise in the back, by the way. For me, <laughs> I'm the type of person who takes very long for me to actually, you know, make the decision of starting something. And but as much as it takes a long time for me to begin, I actually pull it all throughout, or at least I try my best to. Okay, that was a very long intro.、Um, <laughs> to get more. Deeply into today's episode, so today's episode is actually going to be on living alone in Seoul. Living alone in Seoul, yep, that is going to be what the episode is all about. And I have also、um, made a post on Pakistan's Instagram page、uh, for you guys to ask me anything if you guys are curious. On living alone life in Seoul, to be specific, or living alone life in general. So, yeah, I think I am going to answer your questions one by one、um, while talking about my struggles、uh, while living alone here in Seoul. Okay, so to give you a brief background,、um, I've actually started living alone. Not so long ago, you know, I moved into my house right now,、um, in August, early August, and it's December now, so it's been around five months since I've been living alone in Seoul. But then, I went independent. I became independent from my parents, like financially,、um, from the very start of this year. So, from the start of this year, I started living with my roommate. Um, Sylvia, I it was actually her house, but then I just joined it. I just moved in in her house as a roommate, and we lived together for around seven months until I moved out and became like fully, completely independent. And basically, a new life began <laughs> after I moved out. Um. So yeah, I think I'm gonna talk about my struggles. Or I guess the joys of my life, 
It's more on the struggles, by the way. Um, I think those for those who are listening to this who are living alone might be able to, you know, kind of sympathize to uh, what I'm talking about. And for those who are dreaming to live alone, could you know get some idea <laughs> on what it's like to be living alone. Mm. Oh, and there might be some people who actually um, moved back with their families or friends or um, um, oh partners um <laughs> after a long time of living alone so i'm pretty sure there are different types of people watching this and listening to this um so please let me know how you guys thought of this episode later at the very end okay so let's dig in right away mm, oh first and foremost let me give you a brief information on where i'm living also so Okay, it's a given, Seoul. It's Seoul. And, you know, Seoul is a very big city. You know, there are, like, different districts in Seoul. I think there are more than, like, 15 districts here in Seoul. So, and in every district, there are a lot of, like, people living in there. So, I mean, yeah. Like, there are 50 million people in Korea. 50 million. And one-fifth of the Korea's population lives in Seoul. So Seoul is, I would say, um, one of the most dense (laughs) um, or area with the highest density in the world. One of the most, I think. Um, So yeah, getting a house in Seoul is actually easier than it may look, but it's difficult to find a house what a good deal. <laughs> it's usually if the location is good. When I say the location is good, that means it's near to the subway or bus station. Usually subway, yeah, because subway um, transportation is very um, nicely or very um, organized in Korea. It's operated in a very convenient way, um, but bus as well. Uh, so yeah, so people would call that yokseokwan, which means um, your house is near the stations. So that would say that would be one of the factors of a good house, you know, good location near to the station. And another factor would be, um, I guess, how old the house is. Yeah, like if it's a very old house maybe it could be a little cheaper but usually there's not much difference like my office stall i'm living in a, a newly built office stall but that doesn't really mean that it's much more expensive than older office stalls it usually really really depends um what else mm, yeah i mean there are different types of housings in korea in seoul so usually there are the apartments, and apartments we would refer to um, apartment villages where in one village, yeah, it's like a little town, apartment town, and there are um, exactly the same looking apartments, <laughs> and that would be there will be an entrance for a parking spot, so it's usually really big, and usually only families live there, you know, people who live with. Their family. I mean, people who live alone could live there too, but usually 
So I used to live in an apartment、um, outside of Seoul when I was living in Korea like ten years ago. Okay, yeah, guys, I'm so sorry for the noise. I will get to this, you know, this noise coming in later. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's the apartment, and we also have the office dolls, which is a place where I'm living in, and it's supposed to be a combination of a office plus a hotel. So, it's got a lot of different facilities already in the room.、Um, usually, like the refrigerator, um, uh, laundry machine, what else? In storage, like cabinets, those are all included in an office stove. So that's why they will they will call it a full option. Um. So there's a saying that if you're living in an office stove or if you're getting an office stove. All you have to do is bring your body, and that's it. Yeah, you don't have to bring in anything because everything's there already. Yeah, that's that's just a saying,、um, highlighting how convenient it is to live in an office stove. And you could also use office stoves as a office instead of a house. So some people really do、um, get house as an office and yeah, work there. That could be another way, and yeah, and there's also this thing called one room, which is usually like an apartment building, like an office stove, but it's just one room. So mine would be a one room office stove because it's just one room. It's not two rooms. It's not three rooms. It's a one room. So it's like a studio, studio type apartment. In、um, that would be the easiest. Way for you to understand the concept of this place. Yeah, it's a studio apartment.、Um, there are also、um, villas, villa, villa type of houses. It's like a not so high building, usually up to up to fifth floor building, and villas are usually old. It's old, but some of the most expensive villas are. It's almost like a. How do I explain this? It's like a house, like a normal house, like、mm, like a separate house building, but you just divide the floors. Yeah, and usually villas are not full option. You need to get your own refrigerator, your own air condition, everything.、Um, yeah, villas, the newly built, you know, good-looking villas in you know expensive areas in Seoul, are. Could be regarded as the fanciest、um, living environment, but there are also villas that are really, really old,、um, that gives the really old Seoul vibes, and those would be, I guess, the most affordable、um, houses you can find here in Seoul. Yeah, and、um, lastly, the house, an actual house in an actual village. You know, like either first floor or usually second floor houses. Those are very, very uncommon in Korea because Korea is very small. It's very small. That's why there are a lot of buildings in Korea, and also why apartment became a thing here.、Hmm. So, yeah, and I don't really know that many people. I probably don't know anyone who lives in a house in Korea. Usually. It's all in an apartment. Oh, my grandma! 
Yeah, well, in the countryside. Yeah, but we're talking about Seoul. So in Seoul, it's very, very, extremely rare to find a house like that. The house we're all imagining when we say house. <laughs> so yeah, um, for those who didn't don't know, um, my house is in Seoul, and the location is actually pretty good. Um, I have all the main um, facilities. Like main attractions, quite near my house. The stations are very near, um, so it's very convenient. But <laughs> as you can hear from the background, it's uh, right beside a road. It's right beside a highway. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like it's it's very hard because it's very noisy at night. Um, I hear ambulance because. Um, there are lots of hospitals around my place. Yeah, I hear ambulance at least, at least like five times a day, and yeah, it's been really tough, very, very, very tough. <laughs> so, and it's also bright at nights just because it's by the road. So yeah, I don't think I'll be living in this place for that long. But in terms of the structure, as I said, it's a newly built apartment. I mean, office though. So it's very clean and location-wise, very very great as well. So that my house rent, monthly rent is eight hundred dollars a month. Yep, and there is this thing called kwanlibi, which means、um, maintenance fee that you have to pay on a monthly monthly basis as well. That includes. Electricity,、um, water bills, gas, and everything. That is about.、Um, that's about for me. It depends on how much you know water and electricity you use. But for me, it's around hundred twenty dollars a month. Yeah. So all in all, I do pay around nine hundred fifty dollars a month. It depends every month, but yeah, that's the range. So I would say、mm, it's a little bit on the expensive side. You know, I could have gotten a better house with a better option, or I could have gotten a a more affordable house. But maybe, yeah,、um, maybe not as clean as this, not as near as this to the station.、Uh, but yeah, it took me really quick. It took me really、um, fast to get this house. Uh, usually, you would go on a house hunting in Seoul for days, looking into like at least five different houses. But then, in my case, I only, this was the very first location, very first house that I visited in a house hunting, and I just went on with the contract right away. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I was in such a hurry. Yeah. Anyways, let's now move on to living alone in Seoul. There are lots of, I guess, aesthetic vlogs out there、um, of many different YouTubers living in Seoul alone. You know, like the Living Alone Diaries that you know many famous YouTubers like Michelle Choi、um, started. And I guess from the perspective of a foreigner, it could look very romantic, like oh my god, the city vibes,、um, aesthetic, and everything, but Um, I guess the reality could be a little different. I mean, Korean houses—it、mm, definitely has a certain vibe, like a distinct vibe. 
like a unique aesthetic. But at the same time, oh, depending on the location, depending on the condition of the house, it can feel a bit mm, lonely almost. Like you could feel empty because um, first of all, like with me, I don't really see any greens around me. So yeah, it's like the gray view, like the gray roads, the gray buildings, the gray cars. Okay, cars have different colors, but usually it's, yeah, it's like white, black, or gray. <laughs> so yeah, and everything's square and you know how the structure of the house really matters. You know, when you are stuck in a place with um, sharp edges, like like squarey, squarey places, like a squarey building, squarey, is that even a word? But yeah, square building, square room structure, square table, square refrigerator, square everything, and you're personally become more edgy. Yeah, like, but if you're in a space with a rounder edges, um, not sharp edges, that it also affects you in a way that's, I guess, um, more warm, if that makes sense. But I really felt um, that um, by going to different um, architecture, like famous architecture, when I was traveling, I really um, got to learn about um, how the structure and shape of the building um, affect to you like it really does and many places in Seoul it looks very similar many office stills or apartments it has exactly the same structure I'm not even kidding guys all the apartments usually look exactly the same so even if I go to a friend's house who lives in an apartment it feels like my home that I used to live in years ago <laughs> which was not even in Seoul. So that explains how all most houses, most building, it looks pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that's very weird. I mean, not weird, but interesting now that I think about it. Because, you know, I also used to live in the Philippines and um, mostly all the houses were very unique. Like, it was all different. And the same goes for the States, I would say. Yeah. So, now let's get into the actual um, story, story time, I don't know, living alone struggles, not struggles, living alone stories. So, um, the first question I got is, what's the most difficult thing you've ever encountered since you started living alone? That's a great question. Okay, um, the most difficult thing. Um, okay, so you guys have to know that I did not start living alone from living with my parents to completely being, being by myself. So I used to live with a roommate and then I transitioned to living completely alone. And I think that makes a big difference because if I were to live alone, you know, go independent from my parents' um, care to me alone, 
I think I would have struggled a lot more. Yeah. But then, um, since I already got the hang of what it feels like to live without my parents, without my parents around me, um, it was easier for me to adjust in living alone. But then, there's one thing that I cannot um, adjust. I mean, I could adjust, but that's hard for me while living alone, you know, from living with a roommate, is about food. <sighs> Big time. You know, I feel so bad for myself for having the worst eating habits. <laughs> so, you know, usually um, when I was living with my parents, um, uh, sometimes my mom would cook for me. And when I was living in the Philippines, uh, we had a cook in the house who would cook for us. And many times as well, I would cook for the family. So I was kind of used to cooking for someone and myself. Like when I was living with my family here in Korea, I cooked a lot. Like many times I cooked for my family and I enjoyed it because I love cooking. I love it when, you know, my loved ones enjoy the food I make. You know, it's like one of the biggest joys of my life. One of the things I enjoy so much. One time I wanted to be a cook. You know, I wanted to be a chef. <laughs> because of how much I love to cook for other people. And the same went for when I was living with my roommate, Sylvia. Um, I, would, I would cook mostly. Like she barely cooked. And I would be the one to cook most of the time. Or sometimes we would cook together. And I was happy to cook for her. Of course, I'm eating the food that I cook. But I was happy to, you know, just knowing that, okay, so I'm going to be cooking this particular dish. And um, she's going to eat it. And we're going to eat it together. You know, all these thoughts in the process, it's, it makes me so happy. And it's very fulfilling. <laughs> but then ever since I became completely independent, I cook just for myself. And this idea, like, you know, I have to love myself. So, you know, the process of cooking, even if it's just, just for myself, has to be very happy and enjoyable. But then, what I started to think is that I'm so lazy to cook for myself. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not promoting self-hate or anything. But then... You know, the, the time that I spent on cooking, you know, like buying the ingredients and cooking the dish to actually serving it, to eating, to dishwashing, all these processes, like, if it's just for myself, it's very, it's a pity, like it's a waste of effort and time. And I know that that's not true and I should not think in this way. I should never indeed, <laughs> but I unconsciously, I unconsciously do which is a really unhealthy habit I have. So I still do cook at home, but I never cook any solid dish unless someone's here in my house. If it's just for myself, um, yeah, I just don't cook. I just, I mean, I wouldn't call it cooking. I wouldn't call it like just chopping some carrots or heating up some food as cooking. Yeah, that doesn't count as cooking. So, yeah, even if I love cooking, 
I haven't been cooking that much, and I just feel bad for myself for eating so much like instant or processed food. I've been ordering a lot of delivery food, and actually, that's one thing I wanted to talk about. So, I don't know if you might be aware, but Seoul or Korea in general has a delivery culture on another level. Um, in terms of like product delivery, um, there's this company that's kind of um, um, monopolizing the market or dominating the market, which is called Coupang. Like I don't know anyone who does not use Coupang around me, so that's how famous it is. And Coupang has implemented this system called Rocket Delivery, which means like you pay a membership fee of like three dollars a month. And you can get products that is labeled as rocket um, shipping um, within like uh, like eight hours. So if you order um, by the day, by the end of the day, before twelve, it comes the next day. And if you order by like before five p.m. or something, it comes the next day in the early morning, like at six a.m. Yeah, so that's how it works. So it's crazy, actually, that delivery system. It's not only about getting products. Um, there are also different apps that specializes in different um, product services. So like food delivery, there are different apps. Um, so the coupon company I was talking about, it has extended its business to food delivery as well. So there's an app called. Coupon eats, and like you can basically track where the delivery man is. So he has or she has a GPS on his or her motorbike or car, or you can even use a bike. Um, and you can it tracks you re- real time and it shows you on your app. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, like you know how the the bali bali culture in Korea, the quickly quickly culture. How many people say Koreans are impatient? <laughs> I think it kind of comes from this, where you know you want to track where your food is like real time. So I've been ordering a lot of delivery food, um, and I am ashamed because it does create lots of trash. But then the the policies have changed a lot, so a lot of them use. Hundred percent like recyclable um, materials for de- for that delivery, and uh, they don't give you single use um, spoons or chopsticks unless you ask them to. So yeah, before it was automatically they would give you. So yeah, there are little changes happening. It's little, but it's happening surely. And there's another app for grocery shopping called SSG, and I use that too. And this time. Again, one day delivery is a norm. Yeah, like if it takes more than a day, that's kind of too much. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel so bad for myself. It feels like I'm spoiled or something. But it's already a culture here in Korea. So SSG is specialized in grocery shopping, but you can order different stuff in there because it's basically a shopping mall as well. And what I like about it is that. You can actually choose the time of when uh, the food comes. So when I do grocery shopping through SSG, I would you know usually check on the specific time I want to receive the product in the next day. 
and it will come in the timeline. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how it is. So it's been a long time since I went grocery shopping, like to an actual mall. Yeah, because for people who live alone, you know, and people who don't have cars, so I rely on transportation or a taxi. Um, it's hard to go grocery shopping because you know when you go grocery shopping, you wanna buy a lot, like in bulk, right? But it's hard to bring it home if you don't have a car, or you can take a cab, but you cannot take a cab like every single time you go grocery shopping. So it will be better if it gets delivered. That's why they implemented this kind of system, like everything in delivery in Korea. So, um, yeah, it kind of shows how a lot of people, a lot of young people, especially the youth, are living alone in Korea in Seoul. So yeah, it's very interesting now that I you know actually think about it one by one, and. Nowadays in SSG, I've been looking at different meal kits. You know, when I was living with my roommate, I was looking at raw like food, like raw potato, raw onions, like that comes in, in like a whole package in different kilos. Or we would, I would always buy banana and stuff like that. But now that I live alone, if I buy banana, like it takes me like one or two weeks to finish it, and it goes bad so easily. And when I buy like a bunch of onions, um, it goes bad also because you know I don't eat that much at home. I usually go out to eat just because it's more convenient. Oh yeah, and I start to buy you know like meal kits. You know there are different meal meal kits in Korea or frozen food, where you just have to reheat. Or meal kits are very. It's a very It's a thing in Korea, where it's like it's kind of in between frozen food and fresh food. So it's like um, in a meal kit, there are different um, ingredients that goes inside a dish. So chopped garlic, chopped onions, and a steak, a piece of steak, and you just have to cook it in a way that it was instructed in the instruction. So it's kind of like It's very easy to cook, and I wouldn't even call that cooking because everything's prepared. Like the sauce is in there; you just have to like mix it, dump it in the pan one by one, kind of thing. And I've been, you know, buying a bunch of that. So if you're living in Korea, um, let me know because I have tried every single meal kit on SSG, <laughs> and yeah, I yeah I've tried every single one, so I know what's good and what's bad. Yeah, that's not something that I should be proud of. Yeah. So, and another struggle is that if I order delivery food, right? You know, let's say if I order the famous fried chicken, it takes me like three or four days to actually actually finish the chicken. I feel so bad for myself. Yeah, and I just dump it in the fridge, and later on, um, it is left eventually. Like I can't finish everything. Because I even get lazy to heat it up, so yeah, that's what happens. You know, so I feel so bad for myself. But then at least in the mornings, I want to have food at home prepared by me. So now I'm just seeking for utmost convenience. So I'm just ordering, like the staple items that I order on SSG is like yogurt, Greek yogurt, granola, 
blueberries, um, bread, maple syrup, egg, sausage, um, potato, and packed salad. What else? Milk. Yeah, cereal. So these easy to prepare breakfast、um, menu. I always have them in the fridge. Or soy milk, orange juice, stuff like that. But I don't really buy raw garlic, raw onions, raw something because it's hard for me to, you know, actually eat them by cooking them one by one and keep them in a fresh and good condition. So that's the hardest thing about living alone, for me. Like the hardest and hardest and hardest and hardest thing. In terms of food, and I'm very grateful that I am even able to, you know, buy stuff, deliver stuff.、Um, but then, at the same time, I feel so bad for myself. Like, I feel so guilty. So, yeah, I should be more. I should grow a more healthy lifestyle, you know, to actually cook for myself, even if it's even if I get lazy. Like, maybe not every single meal, but at least. Two meals a day, I should eat at home. Yeah, that's the hardest part, you know, kind of accepting the fact that I have a, I have not so healthy, um, diet. Yeah. Okay, so the next question is, is there a culture in your country that when you reach that age, a certain age, you should live by yourself? You have to be independent, or there's no such thing. Other people just live alone because they need to because of their work, don't want to be a burden to their family, etc. I hope you know what I mean. Yes, I know what you mean.、Um, I'm not used to、uh, being independent though because we Filipinos are family oriented, but actually, when it comes to family, I don't want to separate with them because I'm crying when they are far from me. So how do you manage being alone? Cause me, I cannot. I'm currently with my cousins right now, cause I'm stu- studying in the city. Although I am with them, sometimes I cry because I miss my family so much. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. That's a, that's a great question. That's a great question. So, um, in terms of having to move out at a certain age, hmm. It depends on the family, but with my family, like I still clearly remember when I was really young. Like I wasn't even a teenager; I was like a kid, as in like a child, like grade one, grade two in elementary. And my dad would tell me that if you reach the age of an adult, which means like eighteen, you have to go independent and live by yourself. Like that's what he said to my brother and me. So we had this. I don't know, like sense of burden almost that okay when we become certain age we have to live by ourselves, but of course like my dad just said that to us because he wants to kind of、um, let us know that it's not like we're gonna like our parents are gonna be there、um, to do everything for them until we get very old. So yeah, and my dad, in, I mean my brother is still living with my family family. Right now, because he is in the country,、um, although he goes to school in Japan now because of the pandemic, like yeah, but he did used to live with a roommate in Japan. 
Um, so yeah, like it depends on the family. Like a lot of people I know who are in their early twenties, early twenties, it's very normal for you to still live with your family. Yeah, even if you go to college or whatever. I haven't seen anyone aside from me who lives by themselves who's a Korean. Um, yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm the only one. <laughs> and mid-20s, a lot of people start to go independent, uh, but it's not common. Maybe it's around like 50-50. Yeah. And late 20s, maybe more and more people start to live alone, but it's not an absolute um, rule that you should move out at a certain age. In fact, you know, I even know someone who is in his 40s who lives with his parents. So yeah, there are different um, cases. So yeah, and it's not like a shame to be living with your parents. It's not a shame. It's not an embarrassing thing at all. So as you said, Filipinos are family oriented, oriented. So, you know, you like stay with your family until you get married or something, or maybe even after you get married. Um, that kind of applies in Korea too. Like family is number one also in Korea. So yeah. And in terms of missing your family, so I am grateful that I don't live far from where my family is. So my family is literally just like one call away. So, you know, I don't feel lonely, but there are times when I miss my family, like when I miss my mom, you know, right in the app, in the iPhone app, like in the widget thingy, you can see um, who, okay, not who, but like, uh, it's like a photo reminder, like two years ago, this day kind of thing. And it just pops up and I see a photo of me with my mom and I suddenly miss my mom, like that exists. But, you know, I don't like cry because I miss them because I can just go to see them. Um, someone asked, how's the feeling of living alone in Seoul? I can see a lot of Koreans are living alone. I envy how independent they are, but what are the merits and drawbacks of living alone in Seoul? Oh, it's a good question. So I think the merit has to be, I guess, you know, the sense of independence you have. Like you can, you may feel proud of yourself for, okay, I am independent in Seoul because, you know, Seoul is usually regarded as like the most expensive city to live in in, in Korea. But then it depends, like some areas in Seoul are extremely expensive. Some areas are similar to um, areas outside of Seoul. So it really depends. Um, I think that's the only thing, <laughs> the merits. Or if you have work, like if you if your workplace is in Seoul, in your, your office, or for me, the reason why I, I wanted to stay here in Seoul is because... Um, Usually for my work, um, like the meetings and stuff, the filming, the shootings, it, it usually happens in Seoul. So, but it depends. Like I'm not an office worker where I have a certain like area. If you work at a certain building, then you should probably get a house like near your workplace. But as for me, I'm like a freelancer, so... Yeah, I just want to stay in Seoul as much as possible so it's easier for me. But Seoul is big. So 
like sometimes it takes one hour for me to travel to a place that's within Seoul. Like every Friday, I'm going to the studio, which is one hour away. One hour, guys, one hour. So two hours back and forth. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, it's, yeah. And that would be the drawback, actually. <laughs> that for me, even within Seoul, since Seoul is so big and sometimes it's really traffic during rush hours, and you don't want to get into a subway during rush hours in Korea. Like, you're going to be stuck between people. It's very, it's tough. Like, what social distancing? Yeah. Um, but it's still very convenient. I love the transportation. So the merits would be those, like the convenience, as I said, the delivery. Um, um, the sense of independence you have. Um, the transport is amazing. Um... Yeah, you have access to many different, like, uh, famous attractions. And, uh, you know, staying near your workplace if your work is in Seoul. But the drawbacks. Sometimes going to one end of Seoul to the other end could take up to two hours. Um, during rush hours, traffic is crazy. And one thing, I think this is also important. Sometimes you feel so empty. I don't know why. You feel so empty. Like, it feels so empty because you see, like, one moment, you see other people, you see the cars passing by. Everyone looks so busy and you can feel it. Like, they're so busy. Oh my god, everyone's so busy. <laughs> and everything's square, as I said. Everything's like high rise buildings. And you suddenly feel so empty. I don't know why. Like, emotionally, it can, like, put you in the worst depression even, I think. Because there is this subconscious um, burden that that you receive. You know, just seeing the, being in the atmosphere of Seoul, especially the main areas. You know, the pressure that, okay, I have to work harder. I have to work faster. I have to work better than other people. Um... You know, it's not like given to you in a very explicit way, but it is there and I feel it. But then there are also areas in Seoul where you can go to like chill, like the Han River. Han River is like my favorite place and I live very near Han River. And Han River is actually really long. It like um, passes all throughout Seoul. So, yeah, like Han River is just my favorite. Amazing. Okay, I feel like I went off track. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Um, let me pick one more question. Yep. Okay. Oh, this is a woody question. I've seen in K-dramas that usually if you live alone and you're a woman, you should put a man's shoes so other people would not know you're living alone. Does this apply to you? Oh, it's a good question. So Seoul, I would say, is one of the safest cities in the world. Yeah, it's very safe. But then, of course, you have to be very cautious um, sometimes, right? Obviously, especially at night. And yeah, it was a thing before when you live alone as a girl, um, you can be a target 
by some criminals. Yeah, but that's right. Like they will, you know, pretend that they're living with their、um, boyfriend or yeah, someone else in the house. But then, like no one just randomly knocks onto your door or anything. Like that just doesn't happen for me at least. And it's in when it comes to delivery food when you receive it.、Um, Like the delivery man can see on、um, the structure of your house, right in the、um, entrance. But then nowadays we are going through this like,、uh, what do you call it? Untacked delivery culture where delivery man places the delivery food or order in front of your house, and then they just like either knock on the door or, um. Like it notifies on your delivery app that it came, and they just leave. Yeah. So when the food comes and I open the door, there's no person outside. There's only the delivery. <laughs> so yeah, I don't put any man's shoes or whatever. Um. But yeah, it's you. You may do that. Yeah. But I don't feel the need to because, yeah, I feel safe. Totally safe. So yeah, <sighs> living alone in Seoul. I know it's many of your dreams to be living here in Seoul, but and I really respect it. And I think it's beautiful to have a dream like that. And I hope you experience it yourself and go through all these emotional roller coasters. I feel like today I talked so much about the food. <laughs> That shows how much I struggle in terms of food. <sighs> yeah. Oh, one thing that I do to not feel lonely is having plans. So, if you follow me on YouTube, I have like five different plants in my house, and I pick the ones that actually grow well, even in this like harsh environment. Like, there's no direct sunlight in my house. Only during the sunrise and、um, sunrise and sunset, there is some little bit of sunlight coming in, but the rest of the day, no. So it's a harsh environment for my plants, but I've chose the right plants that you know grow well in those environments. So I'm very thankful for them. <laughs> and even if they're not like living creatures, I mean they are living creatures, but they're not. A- Like they're not animals, um. So I feel less burdened. Like I don't want to get a pet in small house. You know, I don't want to stress my pet. Um. Yes. So plants was the way to go for me because I have something to take care of that actually grows and I can see it growing, and it feels the best. You know, the fact that there's something in my house aside from me and my objects, lifeless objects. I have something to take care of. Just that responsibility kind of gives gives me this sense of I don't know, sense of、um, security, kind of, even while living alone, like emotional security. So I think that's like the best thing I've done <laughs> after living alone. That I I bought plants, and yeah, I I, I love them all so much. Like. They're the love of my life at the moment. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like 
this is very interesting talking about living alone, living alone in Seoul and I wish to do more in the future I think it was too short um, yeah but in the future I will try to talk more about it because it was very interesting and I hope it was interesting for you guys too and uh, yeah if you have any suggestions on what I should be talking about on my next podcast please let me know follow podcast use instagram um to communicate with me on a closer level um yeah so thank you so much for listening to today's episode on podcast you and i'll see you guys no not see i will i will talk with you guys yeah in the next episode bye guys